great. Cool, shall we just pray to begin? Yeah, Father, thank you so much that your spirit is here. Thank you so much that you love each one of us. Um, Yeah, and I just pray, Lord, would you speak to us today? Father, for each and every single person here, I pray that they would hear from you, Father, that there would be something that would challenge or encourage them, God. And I just pray that we would see your spirit move in exciting ways this morning, God. Thank you that you're a God of the big and a God of the impossible. Um, Yeah, and you are a healing God. And I pray that you'd really just increase our faith as we hear about healing this morning, God. Amen. Great. So the day before I was due to kind of write this, um, I sat down to watch a film with the lovely Emma over here. And we were kind of scrolling through Netflix and we were like, okay, what are we going to watch? And we um, settled on a film called A Miracle from Heaven. Doesn't it sound wonderful? It's a really cheesy film. I'm not going to lie to you. But we were like, <laughs> we we're, like, going to watch it anyway. It's going to be great. Um, and so we started to watch this film. And I want to tell you a little bit about it because it was actually pretty amazing timing that we actually settled on, settled on this film. So it's about the life of a girl called Annabelle Beam. I don't know if anyone's seen it here. Probably not because it is very... Yeah. Oh, yeah, a few people. Great. Um, and it is a true story. And I kind of went back afterwards and read through it. And actually, the film is really true to what happened in real life. So this eight-year-old girl called Annabelle Beam, she was a young girl from uh, Texas who'd been diagnosed with intestinal pseudo-obstruction, which is a really awful kind of condition to have. So it's not something that you can cure. It's something that they can... The only medicine they can give to you is to improve your quality of life, so to make it slightly less painful. But she was basically in constant pain um, all of the time. Um, And this little eight-year-old... And the family um, were Christians... Um, And I think throughout it, a lot of them really wrestled with their faith in that. Um, They were kind of going to see this specialist. um, I can't remember what state it was in, but it was a few states away um, to see if they could help. And they couldn't. And so she'd been suffering with this for about four years. Um, And then one day she was out in the garden. They lived on like a big farm out in the garden. um, And her sister encouraged her to kind of climb this tree with her. Um, So she climbed this tree with her sister and um, basically, it was a massive oak one, you know, one of the really hollow ones that they have in America. And she got to the top of it, and she fell through what was like a little cutout in it and fell to the bottom of the oak tree, okay? So just at the bottom of the oak tree. Um, and so they, she was in there for quite a long time um, while the, um, the kind of firemen and everything were, came out and trying to get her out of there because she was just lying at the bottom of this thing. Um, And then everyone kind of was gathering around the the tree and praying for it and praying that she would be okay. So eventually they lifted her out and she, she was like, she was fine basically. So no, no, like apart from a few cuts and bruises, no like broken bones. It was a 30 foot drop. So no like broken bones or anything. She was just completely fine. Um, and then, and then they found out a few weeks later because she just seemed to be in less pain. She was like, she wasn't in any pain at all. And they were like, what's going on? And they took her for tests basically. And she'd been completely cured, um, from this, um, from this disease that she'd had from this, um, intestinal pseudo obstruction. So while she was in the tree, that's what had happened. And she said that when she was in there, she was like, I met with Jesus and he basically said, you know, um, she was like, I want to stay, I want to stay. I'm in so much pain kind of on earth. And he was like, no, I want you, like, I want you to go back. 
Um, so it was this incredible story that I found myself kind of at the end of the film reacting in a few different ways. And I can probably sense that from a lot of people in the congregation that you may have reacted in different ways to that story as well. So for me, there was this moment of, I mean, through tears, because I'm not very good with <laughs> emotional films. Um, I was like, I was like, God, you're amazing. Like, I can't believe you would do that. And then there's other part of me that's going, I can't believe you would do that. Like, that, that's crazy. Like, really? Like, is that a thing? And probably for different people in the audience, like, you're thinking the exact same things. For some of you, you're going to be going, that's amazing. Like, I can't believe God would do that. That's incredible. Amazing. And others of you are going, okay, well, that's, that's all right for that little girl. But, you know, I've prayed for healing like several times in my life and I've never seen it. So that's for them. That's not for me. Um, others of you would be like, I really want to believe that, but I'm struggling to get my head around that kind of that story. And then for others of you, this might be your first time to church and you're going, I have no idea what, what she's talking about, like healing, really. Um, and basically I'm sharing that with you because that's exactly where I was at as well. And when God asked, well, when I got asked to speak about this topic, I was like, God, really, am I the person to speak about that? Like, I'm not someone who's seen like hundreds of healings. I'm not someone that's kind of experience that very much and he was like that's exactly why you're the right person to speak about it because actually this is something we need to all journey on as a church it's so easy sometimes isn't it to see people who've got a really great gift for healing and think that's just them but actually healing is something that we're all called to pray for um as a church and all all something we all want to see god move in right so we're going to kind of look at that this morning And I want to say kind of straight off, yeah, for some of you, you'll have seen miraculous healings. Others, you've persistently prayed for people and it hasn't happened. And that is okay. Um, God calls us to step out and pray for healing. And we don't have any control over who is healed and who is not. It is God at work in us, okay? We don't have any control over that. And I'm sure, I'm fairly sure, this side of heaven, we're never going to understand why some people are healed and some people are not. So I'm not even going to kind of tackle that theology side of it this morning because I don't think that's something we were ever really meant to understand. But I do know that it's something that he's called us to to kind of engage with and something to pray for. So as Lyndon said before, at the end of this, I'm not going to speak for ages, um, because I want to leave a good chunk of time at the end where we're going to actually step out and do some of this and we're going to be praying for people and praying for healing. I don't feel like we can talk about something like this and not pray for healing. Um, So we're going to leave time at the end to do that. So just to prepare you all a little bit now. Um, Yeah. And it might be uncomfortable for some of you and some of you might never have prayed for that before, but actually... Sometimes it's in the uncomfortable that we see God move, right? It's when we step out past the fear and past the kind of uncomfortableness that we see we see God moving in amazing ways. And I'm really, yeah, really believing for that and have been praying for that kind of as I've been preparing for this. So we're going to read Acts 3, 1 to 16, which is Peter heals a lame beggar. So it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, 
where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and the righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of that. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Okay, so probably a fairly familiar story for some of you. I know at primary school we used to sing a song where we did the leaping and jumping and praising God and waving our hands around. Um, And there was four things that really stood out to me from this passage that I think it would be really good for us all to kind of, yeah, listen to about healing. Um, And so the the four points are, so it's his power inside of us is the first one. And then it's his words. It's for his glory. And it's so that his kingdom can come. Okay, so they're the four things we're going to kind of touch on today. So the first one, his power inside of us. So this passage makes it really clear, doesn't it, right from the beginning, that healing is never in our own strength. And I said that before, but it is never in our own strength. Although God uses Peter and John as tools to heal the lame beggar, it's clear throughout the whole passage that it's God that is the one that heals. Because they pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. There's never any illusion that they're trying to do it by themselves. They're trying to do it out of their own strength. They're only ever trying to do it through his name. So actually, no wonder these guys had the, had the faith to, to heal, like to see Jesus heal. No wonder they had the faith to see people well again, because actually they knew it was the God of the universe, and they knew it was the God who'd created us and the God who had the ability to do all these things. It was working inside of them. That it was him. They weren't looking to them themselves. And probably the challenge for us this morning is how many of us kind of tie up the issue of healing in, in us and not in God. We don't look to his character. We don't look to, to who he is, but we look to ourselves. We look to our past experiences. We look to what we have faith for instead of thinking about who God is and what he has the power to do. And actually, does our perspective need to shift a little bit? 
when we pray later on, do we need to be people that go, okay, God, help me to put behind all those people that I've prayed for that haven't been healed and just to focus on this and increase my faith because it's you that does this healing. And actually that should give us an excitement as we go into each day, as we kind of shift our eyes from us and we shift our eyes from kind of what what we bring into it and we look to Jesus. Actually, that should give us an excitement each day of what he can do through us and actually what he can what he can use us for. Are we praying as we go into each day? Okay, God, how do you want to use me um, today? And part, this was something Parky challenged me on around the words knowledge stuff um, last week, actually. We'd had a really good conversation about words of knowledge a kind of uh, a month or so before. Um, and I was like really encouraged. I was like, yeah, I want to be moving in this stuff more. And then last week, Parky came up to me at church and he was like, okay, so how many, um, how many people um, have you like have you had words of knowledge for in the last week and I was like uh, none and he was like uh, how many have you got for the week going forward and I was like none and he was like okay he's like you're gonna you're gonna do that this week you're gonna be start moving in it in terms of it was a challenge to me of if you want to move in this stuff then we need to be expecting every day that he's going to speak to us or we need to be expecting every day that he's going to use us to heal and to step out but we actually have to step out so yeah, in John 14, 11 to 14, it says this. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will be even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So Jesus says it really simply here. We will do even greater things than these because we've got the Father inside of us. How incredible is that? Has that actually really hit home for so many of us? Because I know when I was preparing this, I was like, man, I don't think I even begin to realize how much is inside of me because I have the Father inside of me. And we see Jesus doing some pretty incredible things throughout the Gospels. We see the disciples doing some pretty incredible things throughout kind of the New Testament because they've got Jesus inside of them. And so, yeah, that first challenge is, do we expect it? Are you expectant this morning? When we, when we talked about the, the issue, like talked about the topic of healing when we first came in, did you go, yeah, great, we're going to see some people healed? Or did you go like, okay, just another Sunday? Let's be expectant, guys. God wants to use us to heal this morning. Luke 7:22 Go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Actually, if we're people who believe in Jesus's ministry, then healing was a huge part of that and it's a huge characteristic of his status as Messiah. And actually, do we expect that to be a normal thing that we see happening in the church? And yeah, we've, I've said it before, but that experience of praying for someone and them not being healed, does that fill us with fear to step out again? Um, I know for me, when I was 23 in Bradford, um, I'd only been here a few years, and one of my, one of my best friends, his fiancée, um, was diagnosed. They, they got in, engaged, um, I think it was about the week before, um, and then we kind of got a, a knock at the door, and um, Matt came in, and he was like, you know, Amy's, Amy's been um, diagnosed with cancer, um, and, it's, and it's terminal. 
and we were like, yeah, what the heck is going on? And, and this is something that she'd happened to her when she was about 16, 17, and she'd been healed from that. Um, and then this, this happened again. And kind of as a group of friends, we met up to pray um, pretty regularly, and we would cry out when we would petition for our incredible friend Amy um, to be yeah, to be healed and for God to do a miracle there. And we were faithfuled and we were desperate to see God move. And later in that year, um, it was about June 2013, Amy passed away. And that was that was a really hard thing for us as a group of friends to get our head around. Um, kind of despite our faith and despite our earnest prayers, she wasn't healed. And we had to grapple with that. And there has been points where that experience has stopped me from praying out and has stopped me from wanting to, to pray again because I, I've had to kind of get over that, that unbelief um, in my life. But we can't let stuff like that stop us from going again. Um, yeah, despite the suffering, despite pain, God still calls us to go again and to pray again and to ask for healing again. Okay. Second point. So in the prayer, it's his words. So I think it's a really simple prayer, isn't it, that we see in this passage. Um, And Peter uses really simple prayers, simple words. Um, He says, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. So no fancy words, no airs, no graces. Just the simplicity of praying in Jesus' name and asking for him to heal and for the sickness to be gone. And I think some of us get caught up, and and probably sometimes when we hear other people praying, we get caught up in this idea that we need to pray these incredible fancy prayers with all these big long words. And we need to pray for, for ages to see this stuff happen. But actually, all we have to do is look at the Bible and see that that's not the case at all. That Peter just uses this simple prayer and just says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And it happens. There's no kind of magical formula that if you pray for this amount of time or use this longer word, then they're going to be healed. And I think it sounds really simple, but it's actually something I think a lot of us fall into the trap of. Um, So I think all God asks us to actually do is to step out and to actually pray to pray in Jesus' name and to pray in his authority and then to pray for what we want to see happen. So to pray for the sickness to be gone. And that this is just a kind of a short point, but actually for some of you, it might be really relevant that actually never let words get in the way of you stepping out for this because all you have to do is pray in his name and pray for you what you want to see happen and he will hear that. Okay, thirdly, we pray for his glory. So if we look at Acts 3 again, um, when the lame man is healed, he's jumping and he's leaping all around the place. And people recognize him. It says a bit further down, doesn't it? People recognize him as the same man who used to sit and beg at the temple gate. And it says they were filled with wonder and amazement. And let's not gloss over that in this passage, that when this healing happens, people were drawn to it. People saw this and they were like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Like, that's incredible. This man who used to be lame, who used to sit here every day, is now walking and leaping and praising God. And when people are healed, people can come to know Jesus because of it, because they see something incredible that 
nothing else can explain other than Jesus. But actually, this is a testimony of how great God is. So when people are healed, it's a testimony of how great God is. And it brings more people into relationship with him. So that basically, the ripple effect of healing is huge. Like, it's not just that one person that's healed, but as a result of it, so much more can happen. We can see people coming into relationship with him. But actually, there's a challenge in this as well, because seeing people healed is never about us. It's never about who we are. Um, And we've kind of mentioned that on the, the side of unbelief, but actually, there's an element that actually... We can never let this be something that builds pride in us. If we see, you know, if we see someone healed, if we pray for someone who's healed and they're healed, it's not about us. Actually, it's all all honor and all glory and all fame goes to Jesus. Um, yeah, it's never about making us look great or people thinking that we're some kind of super Christian. And you might think that's really obvious, but actually pride is probably one of the easiest things for us all to slip in, Right. We, we see kind of some fruit from our lives. We see something kind of coming out of us. And pride is the first thing that creeps in and the first thing that I believe the enemy uses to try and kind of bring us um, down in that. So we need to be aware of that. And we can see in this passage, when the people were astonished, Peter and John were so quick to give the glory to God, weren't they? They say, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It's in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. And we see it again in Acts 14 with Paul and Barnabas. They heal in Jesus' name, and people think they're Greek gods and that they're performing these incredible signs and wonders. And again, Paul and Barnabas are quick to correct them and say, no, this is all about Jesus. This is all for his name. This is all for his glory, for his fame. Um, yeah. And I think we, this is probably for us as a challenge as a church, we can, we can be quick to, sometimes we elevate the gift rather than God. And I think that's something we need to be really kind of careful for in any church, um, not just ours, that we're elevating God and not the gift. Um, we, wanna, we want to be a community that sees people healed. But we also want to be a community that is people that when we see fruit and when we see miracles, we're really quickly pointing to Jesus and saying it was all him. And I really love it when um, when John talks, especially at Cap, he will kind of do his talk and he'll be telling a testimony about kind of Cap and stuff. And he'll say at the end, he'll always say, anything good in this, anything good in me is Jesus. And he's like, he's straight into that. Actually, this is all for his, this glory. This is all him. This was never me that could do any of that. And I think we can all learn something from that, can't we? Like, let's be people who are quick to give the glory um, to Jesus. Yeah, we want to be a church that sees breakthrough and miracles, but we want to be a church that also humbly is rooted, that it's all Jesus, and it's, we're, we're literally nothing without him. Okay, and finally, why do we pray? So we pray for his kingdom to come. So most of us in this room... Um, we'll have heard or we'll have prayed the Lord's Prayer at some point, but I'm just going to read it out to, um, to you. So it's Matthew 6, 9 to 13. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And it says it right there, doesn't it? When Jesus taught us how to pray, he says, 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if we look at what heaven looks like and what his kingdom looks like, we don't need to go any further than Revelation 21 where it says, yeah, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. So we don't need to look any further than that to see actually what a clear understanding of what his kingdom looks like is. It says it right there in the Bible, no more pain, no more death. And Jesus teaches us to pray, your kingdom come. So actually, surely we need to be a church and need to be individuals that are stepping out into that and are praying your kingdom come. And part of that is praying for healing and is praying for people, um, yeah, to not have that pain or that sickness anymore. Yeah, we, we pray for healing and we desire to see people healed because we want to be a body of believers that are seeing his kingdom come here in Bradford and here in the UK. And that is something that always kind of fills me with such excitement. Actually, what would it look like to see kind of the kingdom come here in Bradford? What would that look like for us as a church? Um, How amazing is it that in the midst of a broken world and of sadness and pain, we can pray for breakthrough and we can actually see it happen. We can actually see people healed we can get a glimpse on on earth of what heaven is going to be like. Um, And I just think that's amazing. And I want us to take a minute to kind of let that sink in and not just let those words gloss over us or kind of go over the top of our heads. We can be people who see his kingdom come. We We can be a part of that. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be on the sidelines, but I want to be in the middle getting stuck in, praying for people. Um, healing is just a small part of that. There's loving the poor. There's leading people to Jesus, kindness, goodness, gentleness. They're all things of the kingdom, but healing is definitely in there. And we need to make sure we're not sidelining that and praying for that, sidelining the praying for that. So what does it look like for the light church? So hopefully you've probably got so far that there doesn't need to be a a big hoo-ha. There doesn't need to be kind of an altar call every time we pray for healing. Actually, it's kind of the same as um, Stuart um, shared a few weeks ago when he prayed for someone in, in food bank. We want to be a church that is part of the everyday for us, that we're seeing this as part of the everyday. So someone shares something with us, we're prompted and we pray and we step out and we're obedient to praying for that. The same way we see throughout, throughout Acts, the apostles see someone struggling, they see someone in pain and they just say, okay, I'm going to pray for you. And that's just in the everyday, that's just them kind of walking around from their day to day. And it, this just needs to be as much of a part of our ministry as other stuff does, right? Um, and just as a side note, and just as a, this is a little thing that I was reading this week around... Um, yeah, Justin Welby had written an article all around this um, with his two daughters. And one of them really struggles with mental health. Um, and she'd had various people pray for her um, over the course of her life. Um, and which she was like, that's great, that's brilliant. But she was like, but so often people just jump into praying for me before really hearing what I say. So this is just kind of a word, of, of almost like of caution, that if we're going to be people that step out in this, which we should be, We also need to be a body of believers that listen 
and really hear what people are saying. Um, and kind of that, that pastoral side comes with it, doesn't it? Of If someone is starting to kind of pour their heart out to you and share what's going on, don't be someone who's so quick to jump in and pray that actually you've really not heard what they're saying at all. Um, and I just thought that was a really interesting point. So we're going to kind of move on to a time where we're going to, I've asked a few people who are just going to share um, their a quick story of where they've seen it in their lives. Um, and I think that will be a real encouragement to us as a church. Um, for some of you, I hope this has just really encouraged you to start moving in this stuff more um, and to just step out a little bit more. And for others, this might have been a really hard thing of like, I really still struggle with that and I want to have belief for that. But actually, I don't know if I do. Um, and that's okay as well. Like, we're all on a journey with this stuff. So if, if that's you, then yeah, please do get prayer afterwards and ask someone to pray with you about this stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm going to ask, Hannah's going to come up and Grace and Stuart, um, and they're all just going to share two minutes about their experience of this in their lives, whether they've prayed for someone or they've seen someone pray for be prayed for and God's moved in that and changed that and then I'll come back up and I'll kind of share a little bit about what we're going to do next as we do this as a congregation is that all right great Hannah do you want to come first um yes I just wanted to share very um briefly uh, a time um a little while ago um when yeah I just really saw God move in a, in a very powerful and at the time, it was a very surprising way as well. Um, so, yeah, and, and just like what Jen said, just kind of, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be super, super fancy, super long words, um, just really simple. And like in, like in that prayer, we just, it's like in Jesus' name, war, because I, oh, okay, really, really just, just like almost commanding. Um, so, yeah, um, a few, few years ago, um, I was in a meeting. Bit, a bit like this, it was, a, it was a, um, but it was in the evening. That's not the only difference. Um, it was lots of. Um, it was an international kind of setting. So, um, and I was, I was there, and there was this guy who had had um, a very bad back from birth. He, he couldn't stand up properly. Um, he was. He had always been very, very kind of bent over and, and in excruciating pain for his whole life. Um, and someone said, oh, yeah, just, just pray for healing for him. And I was like, mm, okay, interesting. Um, I, I'd, I'd seen a lot of this before. I had kind of, um, yeah, it seen kind of how other people prayed. And so I was like, okay, God, I'm just going just gonna to give it a go because I don't really know what to do. Um, so I, I just, just put my hands on this man. Um, he, he was um, Portuguese. So I learned afterwards what kind of the problem really was something with discs that meant he just, yeah, just couldn't, couldn't and had never stood properly. And, and I, I think I just said something like, in, in, in Jesus' name, pain be gone, in Jesus' name, be healed. Um, and, and praise God, he just stood right up. And I was like, oh, you're tall. And, and he was, and, and I was just like, just in, in, in awe of what, of what God had done. And yeah, really similar to, to the story in Acts, he, he was like leaping around and praising God and test, testing out all the things he had never been able to do, like pick up his children um, and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, just, just uh, a testimony of how I've seen God really move really powerfully. And yeah, I do, I do believe what he wants us to do is take that little step and then he partners with us and just, just does everything to, to give us the good gifts he has for us.
And what Hannah didn't say was she was 15 when she prayed that prayer. So quite a lot younger than she is now. And I think for, for the younger guys among us, this is something that you're still able to move in. Like, don't let age be a thing that stops us for praying from this for this stuff. Um, you know, at 15, this is the kind of thing that Hannah saw when she'd never prayed from it again. And I think, yeah, just that, it just kind of reiterates that thing of this is everyone that can pray for this. This isn't just a few. This isn't a few who've got this gift. This is something we can all pray for. Okay, Grace, go for it. Um, yeah, so this is just sort of um, about my dad, really. Uh, so a couple of years ago, he got diagnosed with a brain tumour, um, which was very much out of the blue. Um, actually got picked up on a scan for his ear, which in itself was a bit of a miracle in that it could have very easily got sort of slipped by. But um, yeah, so it all happened very quickly. He sort of uh, went into surgery about a week later after they'd uh, sort of found out about it. Um, so they sort of went in initially to kind of look, see what was going on. Um, and um, it turns out that sort of we're going to take it out there and then. Um, it was actually a tumour that was, ended up being the size of a golf ball, sort of in between uh, his frontal lobes. And I think I say that because um, the fact that then he's had zero symptoms after, apart from sort of being a little bit tired, um, actually is a miracle in and of itself. Um, very much seeing the power of God move in that. Um, after the surgery, he had like a post-op seizure, then a stroke, um, where he lost like uh, movement all down the left side. Um, and again, I say this because it was then a week later that all of that came back, which just shouldn't happen. Um, so it was just one of those, we very much were obviously praying as a family, really getting behind that and just saw the power of God move there of all these things that shouldn't have happened sort of medically, um, but just how he came through and, um, sort of before it all kind of in that week where, um, sort of between finding out and him going into surgery, God definitely spoke to us as a family and to my dad specifically a lot, um, around the verse in Isaiah, uh, that sort of says you'll walk through this, um, without like walk through the fire without being burned. And I think, um, yeah, just a testimony of what it could have been like, uh, to them, what it was like. Um, and just seeing how, yeah, he's come out um, and, like, all things considered, not been burned. Um, so, yeah, just seeing, yeah, really God's promise come through in that. Okay, brilliant. Stuart, if you could just share for two minutes of something that's happened this week. Um, band, if you want to kind of start coming up. And... Hi there. It's, uh, it's not my favourite spot in this place here on this stage, but uh, when uh, Jenny told us what she was preaching on, I, just, uh, I, had to, I had to tell her this, this is a fantastic. We were down in Food Bank and uh, Laura, assistant, Josie's assistant, um, it's not even my testament, but to see it, she came in, um, I'm sure some of you have had bad, bad, bad backs before, sciatica. And how bad that is, you know, was so she, she was kind of <laughs> doing the pregnant duck walk, the, the wet trouser walk kind of thing. And, I, and my first thought was, really, you can't, you can't stay at work like that, Laura, you know, it's really too bad, you know. Uh, it were almost comical it was that bad. And um, Rob and Jane were there, and James will witness and testify to this. Uh, and Jane and Rob began playing. 
we prayed for her and laid hands on her back um, and, and, and we, we, we commanded the back to be uh, pain free uh, and she, she, Rob said um, how's it feeling now and she says I'm okay so we just sort of stood back and she just began walking straight away like this <laughs> there wasn't even a, a warm up period it was like wow you know and, uh, and we just all watched so I just think it's uh, an awesome thing and I think there's a in sometimes there's a misunderstanding in as much as all, all you that believe he's it, already given you that authority he's given you that authority and, and other thing so so he says speak to the mountain you know he doesn't say oh, oh please please Lord uh, please heal uh, Simon here uh, of this bad arm. I'm not saying there's a, a formula, but it's given you the authority and expectation. So, you know, just just speak to the pain that's in the shoulder or in the back or whatever and uh, crack on because you're free from condemnation. Devil counts on your fear to ruin the prayer. And you see somebody that isn't healed in your eyes, but... But they, they can be healed when they've walked away. They can come in next day and, uh, and we're, we're doing it for ourselves because we think, oh, God's not heard or he's not listened or we're, we're, we're lacking faith and we've, we've already, we've already uh, blown it as such. You know, so, yeah, just, just like Jenny says, dive in and have a go, you know, don't worry about it sort of thing. Thanks, Stuart. Okay, brilliant. Um, so, yeah, as Stuart said, we're going to crack on now. Um, so if everyone wants to kind of stand, the worship band are going to be playing in the, in the background. Um, but what I'd like us to do is if there's anyone here who would like prayer for healing, if there's something that they would like um, prayer for, this is where we need to be a little bit brave. And we're going to stay where we are, but I just kind of want you to put a hand in the air um, and just say that you're someone that's wanting prayer for healing. And then I'm going to ask for people, if you notice someone around you who's got a hand up, then can you pray for them? Can you just gather and start praying? Um, If there's no one around you, then, you know, worship and and kind of maybe pray into some of what you've been challenged on today. Um, But, yeah, if people can kind of start putting... Hands in the air if there's someone who would like prayer for um, healing. Um, and then people, if you can gather around them and start praying for this stuff, um, that would be incredible. There's quite a few hands, so just yeah, just start moving. Step out, guys. Um, it's not as scary as we think.
two minutes is over. Okay, great. Even in that, that moment, a few people were coming up and sharing testimonies with me of when they've seen it and they've seen these incredible things. And it just really struck me that actually when we talk about this stuff, it's an encouragement. When we hear testimonies, it's an encouragement, isn't it? And we need to be a church that remembers what Jesus has done for us. You know, if we've seen incredible things happen in our life, we need to talk about those. We need to remember them. And it's, I think it's in Joshua um, where they build kind of the stone piles in the middle of the River Jordan um, when kind of God dries it up to let them through to get the, t- the tabernacle across. And they, they say this is so that generations to come will remember this. Um, and so this is for generate. When they say, what do the stones mean? What does this mean? They'll go, this is, this is God at work. This is his power. This is what he has done for us. And I just really felt that we need to be a church that, that does that as well. We kind of build those stones and remember those things, whether that's writing them down or sharing them so that when people ask, we can say, this is what God has done as a church. And this is what he has done in our lives. So let's be sharing those testimonies. And if anyone in that, has kind of been prayed for and wants to share um you know how god has moved when they've just been prayed for now then i'd really it would be so incredible if you can come up and share that because i know that would be a huge encouragement to us if anyone has got anything to pray for no yeah yeah um at our group on uh tuesday we were talking about the gifts and um, what's come to me, and I was, I was just thinking afterwards, after our group, you know, we all get gifts. We get gifts at Christmas, but we have to open those gifts. And some of the gifts we have to use. And I was thinking about the gifts from God. And God has given us so many gifts. And this is just one gift. Healing is just one gift that he's given us. But he gives it to us. And he's rips, um, he wraps it in authority. He wraps it in kindness for people. He wraps it in miracles, 
things that we can actually move in if we open these gifts, if we use these gifts. So my encouragement to you is open that gift of healing. And actually it is very, very, very exciting because when one person gets healed, it gives you the upgrade to do it again. And it gets more exciting and more exciting to see God move in your life. So open those gifts, not only this gift, all the other gifts that we're going to hear about. Open them, cherish them, but use them. Because if you don't use them, he won't use you. And the exciting thing in my life, I just thought, God, I want to be used by you. I'm a bit jealous. I don't want somebody else being used by you. I want to be used by you. I want the excitement that you've got for me. So open those gifts. Great. Um, yeah, and just kind of last thing, I know Parky was just sharing there that in terms of the history of healing that we see in Bradford through kind of Smith Wigglesworth and, and the stuff that's happened in this um, this city before. And when he was saying that, I really got this sense, actually, we need to claim that back and, and claim that we're going to be a city that sees God moving in, in that way and, and kind of sees this church being a part of that, of people being um, healed um, and seeing that kind of that that being claimed back for Bradford and, and people really seeing miraculous things and, and wonders um, here in Bradford. Um, if you've been prayed for and you notice a difference in the week, if, if you've got a testimony from that and you're just kind of maybe not brave enough to share at the front um, or you really see God has worked, you know, I know Stuart said that sometimes it's not straight away, but kind of as you go away from this, we'd love to hear that and we'd love to share that in kind of weeks to come. So please email in, let us know that you want to share that and we'll do that. Um, I'll pass back to Lyndon to, to finish us up.